What's up? What's up, everybody? I'm sorry, my throat, my voice is gone, but I'm going to try. I'm going to try. This is Tea Time with Robin, and Robin's here. What's wow, up, you're... Robin? How you doing? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm good. My, you know, my voice is a little then... gone, but yeah. I'm here. Well, we'll try, <laughs> we'll try to keep it going. Um, it's good to see everybody. Um, just want to say, yay, go Bills, that we beat Miami. And yes. on to the next, right? You on know? to the next. What is it? Just win, baby. Just win. Exactly. I don't so, care how you do it. Let's talk about that Miami game a little bit. Um, first of all, what did you think? Look, <sighs> Josh has got to clean it up. We like when we go into a game, <clears throat> we know Josh is going to be Josh, but we can't have these fumbles and these interceptions. You know, we know he's going to do what he normally does. He'll run the ball, he'll throw the ball. All that's great. You cannot, you have to play clean. He had me, you, my voice is gone because of Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was kind of crazy. Um, you know, he got sacked seven times, and that was noteworthy to me. First of all, you know, let's go back and, and, and acknowledge, you know, Miami has a very good defense. You know, there was nothing wrong with their defense. Their, their defense was solid, and, and they played a solid game. Now, the blitz, <coughs> and we talked about this, the blitz was oh. crazy, and it was a good strategy by McDaniel. You know, um, really, he had to disrupt Josh in whatever way possible, and and they did. You know, to to a certain extent, they were they were successful. Um, and and you know, you and I have talked about this. These teams know each other. You know, they're division rivals. This is the third time you know they've met in the season, and I think it's fair to say that when a team knows another team that well. Um, you probably should just go ahead and ignore whatever the spread says it in Vegas. 13 points. Ridiculous. I was like, okay, I get what you guys that are doing money. here. I don't gamble, but to right. me, that's, that's money. Yeah. And we lost a turnover battle. So if you had yeah. told me we lost a turnover battle and Josh was sacked seven times and we still didn't win this game, I'd be like, you're crazy. Exactly. My doggy. Uh, um, <laughs> so these teams do know each other. So, the, you know, the Bills, they did enough. They won. Okay. Yep. What I liked seeing was our run game um, progressing, at least in, in my view, in terms of they're learning how, you know, to run behind this O-line. And, and the O-line, you know, was moderately effective. Uh, we talked about this. I'd love to see James Cook involved a little bit more um, with some screen passes or, you know, get him out in the open swing passes, whatever, you know, whatever it takes. And, and we don't see much of that. And we didn't see much of that, but you can certainly see where James Cook is going to grow into being a feature part of the offense as right. he should, in my opinion. Yes. I, I, and we spoke about this earlier about the screen game and how I, I mean, I personally don't think they just have the, the guys to do it, but I would love to see it because I think it's an element that they're missing out on, on, you know, they could, 
have that that also as you know play caller. They could have that that play those plays. Right. <clears throat> I just think if they had it, it would help Josh out. Oh, definitely. And I, but I also wonder if that isn't some of Josh as right. well. Um, right. Everybody jumps on Ken Dorsey, but Ken isn't on the field. Right. You know, he's telling Josh what play he wants to see. But of course, and he said this over and over again, I, I defer to Josh because he's on the field. Well, Josh mm. needs a little bit of reeling in. in. Uh. Reeling in a little bit because, you know, you see the bombs that he throws like to Gabriel Davis and you see what he can do with that rocket arm of his, which is wonderful. But sometimes you have to give what the defense, you know, allows you. And I would like to see Josh be more mentally disciplined that way in terms of not always looking for the killer, you know, home run. Um, I, I can honestly say I've never seen Josh throw this many down the field passes. Like it was a lot. It was. This game. And I get it because he was being blitzed. And I don't know. It was just a lot. It was a lot. He was. And, and you can see also, I, I made note of this. Um, you can still see that, that what happened on the field with DeMar Hamlin is still carrying some weight. Um, mm -hmm with these guys and you can see it in press conferences, you, the tone, um, you see it on the sidelines, you know, usually in a playoff game, you, you got people just lit on what? the sidelines and, and they were very focused <laughs> as they always are. You know, they were very focused, but I'm not seeing the looseness, you know, the, the kind of swagger and the looseness and the, you know, slapping butts kind of thing, like they, you know, they they talk about. Um, I'd like to see them get back to that a little bit more. But I also understand that they're going through a process mentally, mm -hmm. and and I think that process is still ongoing. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. You can. It's not like last year where you would see the guys dancing and just having fun, and like you said, being loose. You don't see it. You know, be, because yet. of yeah, because of what happened. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I don't know. It's a lot of pressure on them. I think to to win. There because is. I I think they're the better team. Well, they are, and and Josh knows that the window of opportunity is open. And yes. here we sit on the cusp of the divisional, you know, championship, and. I'm thinking, hmm, you know, win this game against the Bengals if you can, and then you just have two games, you know, and 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 maybe the you know maybe the mental math works a little different in in their heads, because it seems you know it's pretty daunting to think about what you have to do from this point forward to win a championship. Let you have to all there. You 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 put it out there, if. And I'm not saying that this is going to happen because I see them moving past Cincinnati. If anything, besides that, is it a, a letdown this season? Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Because in my opinion, I mean, the, the, well, we saw the hype 
before the season started. They were declaring, you know, the Bills the winner of the Super Bowl. But also, too, Robin, we had Vaughn. Yes. So yes. is it a is it a letdown because you know what I mean? We don't have that guy. And yeah. I know we picked up pieces. So is it a letdown because we didn't move past a position where we were last year and we went and got pieces, but those pieces are not playing? Exactly. Hopefully those pieces are going to have some mental input um, in preparation and, and so on. And Vaughn right. has about that, you know, being a coach in the room and, and that's going to be a necessary part of this, but I absolutely see this. If, if the bills don't beat the Bengals, you know, in terms of a letdown, absolutely. It will be a letdown because the expectation has been going in that they were going to win a Super Bowl championship this year. And right. they were almost set up by the media for that, you know, cause everybody was saying it. I hate that. I don't like it. You know, it's like, there's a lot of other really good teams, right. but there was an emphasis on how, the bills have the talent, the bills, you know, it's the time it's, but you do all this, right. And you know, you see everybody dogging the Buffalo bill, like Chris Sims, I think his name Sims, is out here dogging the wide receivers. Yeah. I'm like, you were just on their team. Like you've interviewed Josh, you did all this. And now no one's scared of the wide receivers. Like what, what are we doing here? Well, I hope they just keep on talking about that that way because Gabriel Davis may have other, you know, other decisions to make in that regard. And, you know, look at what Gabe Davis did. He's, you know, he's a postseason maniac. You know, he's, you know, he's on fire. (laughs) And even Josh acknowledged, okay, he didn't have a great regular season. He did not. You know, he dropped a lot of passes that were critical, you know, in, in games and he did not have the kind of season that many of us, including myself, expected him to have. Um, but if he wants to get on fire in the playoffs, I'm down with that, you know. <laughs> I mother- think we're all down with it. <laughs> expectations, though, is a mother freaky because us as, as fans, we have expectations of this team. And then when it's not there, we're disappointed, you know, but that's kind of why I was uncomfortable before the season started with talking about, you know, Super Bowls and all that kind of stuff, because you just know when you're old enough that there's too many variables that can happen right. along the way, you know, and yeah. I'm just, I was just uncomfortable with all of that. But that being said, you know, if the, if the bills don't advance further in the playoffs, I do think it will be a disappointment. You know, okay. the, this team, this team was set up, um, you know, Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, they talked about, you know, the the process, if you will. Yep. Well, the process is here. Josh is a mature quarterback now. He's a veteran quarterback in the NFL. He's a franchise quarterback in the NFL. We have the pieces in place. And now it's time to move forward. Yeah. And you're like you were saying, because we went from process to humble and hungry, Right. So, and like you were saying off mic, are they hungry? Are they humble? Where are they? Yeah, for sure. <coughs> Sorry. Oh, that's fine. So next on our list, because I'm going down the list, uh-huh. um, we, we decided we wanted to talk about the rookies. Yes. And I think that's awesome. 
because they haven't been getting enough attention um, in, you know, in a year that's been pretty weird. Uh, I'll start out. I want to say to the world, the podcast world listening, um, <laughs> this narrative that we have around Kair Elam in the media in terms of him not living up to expectations and so on and so forth, I think is a bad narrative. Yeah. For one thing, cornerback is a very hard position to learn. And it, it's extremely hard to learn when you go from that jump from college to the NFL. Some positions like running back, you know, it, you hand them the ball and they go. Okay, that's, you know, that that's pretty much what, what they have to learn a lot. I'm, I'm digressing. Right, right, right. Point. And I think with corners, we have to be patient. You know, they have to learn the process of playing in the NFL. And with Elam in particular, it's my understanding that he played mostly press coverage in college and didn't yeah. play zone. Well, you know, our defense is zone heavy yes. and, it takes a while to learn that, you know, to, to learn how to do that. So my bottom line is I think the, the narrative is bad. We saw with that interception that he got against Miami, what he's capable of doing, and he's going to do that. And I think he's going to be a wonderful corner opposite Tredavious White. Yeah. But yeah. it takes time. I mean, he, he had a great. I think he had a great game against Miami. He had a, he had a, like you said, he had a um, ball knocked out against uh, their tight end. He played well against uh, Waddle and Hill. So press man. It, sometimes we do play man. Sometimes he is on. He he was stride for stride oh, with man. Hill. He, he was. was stride for stride. There was no yeah. I, there was no shame in his game. Done. Um, whatsoever. So the other thing, um, the next point I have is that James, James Cook, he's another one. He is a rookie. I think he's just starting to find his groove a little yes. bit, you know, and learning how to run between the tackles. Yep. And, you know, you get him into open space and you are not going to catch him. You no. are not. He is. You've so seen it when he hit the second level. Yes. When he got behind his blockers and he, the second level, I said, no one's catching him. And he ran in there for a touchdown. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, I think our rookies are, you know, the big-time rookies that we've been looking at, um, I think they're doing very well, you know, both of them. Did, did they come out of the gate on fire? No, but, you know, not a lot of rookies do. You know, right, so, right. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a real unusual rookie who comes into the NFL and seamlessly makes the transition. And at corner, I think that's really difficult, especially if the defense you played in was very different from the one Absolutely. that you're playing in the NFL. So that's what I have to say about that's what I have to say about that. <laughs> Kyrie is going to be fine. Yeah, Along with with Tredavious White, you know, I'm not moving on from next year, but give him a year, he's going to be fine. Yes, and Tredavious since you mentioned it, um, Tredavious is coming back to being who he was. He's Everything trusting himself now. A little bit more each each game. A little bit more each game. And it's nice to see because if there's a player on the team that I have 
a soft spot for it's Tredavious because Tredavious is a, he's an old soul. And (laughs) if if you listen to him talk, he's very wise. Mm -hmm. He grew up in adverse circumstances that he overcame. He gives back. He's very, he's a very spiritual person and he's very sensitive. Very. We all saw how he reacted when DeMar Hamlin went down and he was really suffering. But he expressed it too, though. Yes. And, and when Mitch Morse put his arms around him, that for me was like a sight, like, wow, you know, I'm going to hold that in my heart forever. Right. Because Tredavious is, <clears throat> he's a kind, sensitive soul. Yes. And, and plays like, a, you know, plays like a Tasmanian devil, you know, when <laughs> he's on the football field. He's, you know, he, he does. So I just had to say that because no, he's, he's yeah, he's, 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 a, I got a soft spot for Tredavious and I'm so, it makes me feel so happy to see him back and starting to become his self again on the yes. football field. It's just I mean, a- finally, like, I think every, I think everything is coming together i just wish we had <laughs> could you imagine I, I, just for a minute vaughn and micah Hyde. micah you know i talked about that, you know before yes we miss vaughn terribly it, but again my hope is that his presence on the sideline is at least going to partially be helpful you know, to the team in terms of giving Greg Rousseau and, and Boogie Basham a lot of, a lot of support. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Did they it's, say that Micah High wasn't playing? No, I think coach McDermott ruled him out. Okay. The other day for, for this game, which I was depressed about because I thought he was going to be ready, but maybe they're holding him for championship or, you know, Super Bowl if they, make it that far. I don't know um, what the deal is, but I was sad about that because I talked about this last week, you know, Micah Hyde, I think he might be one of the most influential players on defense in terms of um, the mindset, right? Getting everybody. Where they're supposed to be. Yes. Yes. Where they're supposed to be, what they're supposed to be doing. And in his, just his presence on the field will be a big lift for the defense if it happens. Yes. Um, I just wish it was happening in this game. I know. Me too. I do. But we'll also add the Dean Marlowe. Oh. Under yes. People you see that you see you see the number he had on, right? Yes. Yes. Say no, yes, I love that. Yeah. I, mean, I, I I love that and and just one of the many things I love about you. <laughs> so, and I can say that because I'm an old and I get to say what I want so. <laughs> Stop, <you're old. laughs> Stop. And, and that's the way that I feel now moving on we decided we we're going to talk a little bit about what the Bills identity is so we're going you know we're midway through the playoffs we've seen this team all season what are your thoughts about who the, who who are the Bills? See? You know, that's why I posed it because I have no idea. Like, are we? I know we air it out, right? I know that. 
I know Sean McDermott wants a two-dimensional team. He wants to also rely on the run game. He wants to air it out when he can, but he also wants to run the ball. I, I don't know. I don't know. I know we've gone through through so much this year. I don't know. That's why I posed it because I am. Help me out, Robin. <laughs> well, this is where I could babble all, all day long. Um, the identity of a team is forged on a number of things, I believe, just as you're talking about the structure of the team. Are they pass-oriented? Are they run-oriented? You know, all of that. At this point in the season, it looks like it's, it is very similar to what Dayball did. You know, the, the passing game was emphasized. The running game kind of supplemented the pass game. Um, all of that. That's the structure. Now, how this team was built mentally in terms of their identity is clear to me that this team was forged, is forged by adversity. Okay. Because they have just gone through so much, you know, and, and this will go back and I'm going to bring it up again. This will go back all the way to Kim Pagula because yes. Kim and what happened to her that we still don't know, God bless her, you know, yes. what her status is or whatnot. It's in the back. It's in the back of all of our minds. Is it not? Yeah. You know, I mean, she's a face of the franchise and then Dawson gets yeah. gobsmacked you know, when his brother dies right before the season starts. And yeah. that's huge. And you could see that it took a toll on everybody yeah. at the very beginning of the season. Then, yeah. you know, even before that, you know, that you want to talk about the, the shootings, you know, that happened. Did that affect the team directly? No. Did it affect the team indirectly? Absolutely. Yes. yes. Because they, are the heart and soul of Buffalo. You and I have talked about this. Right. The team and the city, the team. Takes on identity. identity. Yeah. Yes. And so they carry that, you know, they carry that with them. So they have that. And then they have snowstorms and have to move around. And then DeMar, you know, it, it just has been one thing after another for Merv. Yes, Murph. Oh, yes, Murph. And, you know, we don't have any updates, you know, about Murph and how he's doing. And and so all of this comes together and it sort of forms the backbone of this team. Right. You know, this is a team. OK, you know what? We've had it. We've been punched. Right. We've been sucker punched. But how also, too, don't take it as a oh, look at us. It's never that. It's never that. It's always this is what's going to happen. That we can thank Sean McDermott for because he sets the tone and totally takes the lead when it comes to that. And you see that I have evidence, you know, to substantiate what I'm saying. If you look at whenever there's an altercation on the field or something's happening on the field, who's the first one off the sidelines? Who's, who's the first one in the middle of a fight trying to break it up? McDermott. You see it all the time. You don't see coaches. A lot of coaches do that. He runs right into, you know, he runs right into that. So that identity as look at, you're not going to mess with us. Right. Right on the backbone of, of Sean McDermott. And he sets the tone for that in, in my opinion. 
Um, and this is why I think he should get, and I don't know if he'll get it, Coach of the Year, because I think Brian Dable may just run off with it because of how he he's coaching his team. But indirectly, it's Buffalo. <laughs> I don't know that I – seriously, I've, I haven't thought about it that much. But I can't remember a year – when there's been this many coaching head coaches that I think are really legitimate candidates for coach yeah. of the year. And I, I do, I think I, absolutely Brian Dayball, you know, um, but at the same time, who, which coach has gone through more? But don't they do the coaches of the year and MVPs prior to um, playoffs and stuff? I want to say they do. Sure if that's like chosen then. I, I'm not even sure how the selection process is. Gotcha. You know how it goes. It it's the media for one. Yeah, for sure. So like, go you know, take that with a grain of salt. That's yeah. why I, all these awards and stuff they don't mean a whole lot to me. You know, personally, because I think it's like there's been a couple of times I think McDermott could have been coach of the year. Oh yeah. You know, the first year that they went to the playoffs, you know, that was like miraculous. That he yeah. took the team with that. But he was selected, right? He just didn't win. Right. He's yeah. repeatedly, you know, he's almost always on the uh, bridesmaid list. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> so that's, you know, kind of how that how, how that works. But their identity, getting back to that, um, I think this team, they're, they are. They're, they're, their window of opportunity is here. Everything they, everything they want is right in front of them. And they, I agree with that. You know, they know this. And you you work so hard. You'd hear them talk about it. You know, they work so hard in training camp and they go through this long, arduous season and they're beat up and they're tired and, you know, they're stressed out. And, and, and then all this other stuff that's happened to the Bills, you know, that's a lot on their plate. But I think, again, if they can get past the Bengals, I think then they can find the the joy in their heart again. You yeah. know, right now I think it's a job and they're focused. And it's like, we have to do this. And, and that's what the way they should be. If well, they, this is why uh, Gabriel Davis was on the jug machine for an hour yesterday. Yeah. And you know? this is why I think if they can beat the Bengals, then I think the joy can come back into their hearts. You know, it's like, okay, you know, let's go. Right. Right. That's where, that's what I would like to see the Bills be able to do. Get back to that, come on, let's go. Right. Um, and we'll see, won't we? We will. A very important game coming up on Sunday at 3 o'clock on CBS. we got the crew, the same crew. Lord have mercy. <laughs> well, it's going to be interesting. And because it's in Buffalo, I'm very confident that the Bills – will get their best game out on the field because of the fans. The fans are a huge difference in a playoff atmosphere. And we remember that from the nineties, you know, when there were years when everything ran through Buffalo and right. it makes, it makes a huge difference. It I just does. hope um, whether I haven't even looked at the weather forecast. You know what? Um, the last I checked was on Tuesday. It was supposed to snow. Hmm. But um, I haven't checked again. I know it's not supposed to be, 
you know what? I have a check. You know what? Let me see if I can check here. Give it a check. And it, I'm wondering about wind, um, if that'll if that'll be a factor. If wind is not a factor, then snow isn't good, certainly isn't going to be an issue um, for the Bills. And not, probably not for the Bengals either. I mean, they play in an outdoor stadium in a yeah. city. Um, I don't expect that to, to be a problem. Why am I not seeing anything about weather? Well, you know what? Let me look there. I think... I think the bills are going to be okay. Yes. And no matter what the weather is, the big question is, you know, if there's wind, is Tyler Bass, you know, going to be able to kick field goals? He's getting to where I think he knows the stadium pretty well. Okay. And so it's going to be 63. 63? With, I'm sorry, 36. Jesus. 63, that's great. Um, <laughs> snow showers and 36. Okay, that's doable. You know, that just means maybe a slippery ball, but right. you know, these guys can handle that. They've they've gone through much worse. Um, uh, not really wind, light wind. Good. So. so I don't like it when wind's a factor in a game, only because it it tends to neutralize both teams, and you don't get to see the best football under those circumstances usually, but. We shall see, won't we? We shall see. We shall see. So let's talk about this upcoming game and Joe Burrow against Josh Allen for the first time, for the second time, if you want to count the first game. Um, yeah. How much do you think the first game and what they did in the first game is going to be carried over into this game, like scheme-wise? Do you think they're going to do the same thing? I In the first quarter, it worked. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the first 15 – uh, plays are scripted, so right. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you could. I think they come out. I think the Bengals will come out and do the same thing because the Bills didn't stop them. They just went down the field and touchdown, boom. So yeah, if anything, I, guess, I think the Bills will change. Yeah, the Bills are. You know, we see this with Leslie Frazier's defense, the bend don't break thing, and yeah. that's all good. But it gives me heartburn. Um, when, you know, <laughs> kind of does, you know, when they just move the ball down the field to the 20 yard line and then their defense kind of tightens up. But I think it's going to be hard no matter what way you look at it. Good Lord. They have, they have three wide receivers that would be stars on any other team. Yep. Three of yep. them, you know, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd and T Higgins are a nightmare. And Kair Elam and, you know, the backfield is going to have their hands full. Yes. And, you know, um, they're going to have to play. They're going to have to play their, their best. They and, are. And, I, I, they go are. ahead. No, I was just saying they also, their defense is good too. I mean, we got Jesse Bakes. They got uh, Michael um, Hampton. So they got. They Sam got some, yeah. They got you know, DJ Reed, like, and they have Logan Wilson. Yeah, is their secret sauce, yeah. the linebacker from Wyoming. Oh, really? Okay, but <laughs> I'll say this: things. if our if our running backs could get the second level, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about Logan. No disrespect, Logan. Yeah, I I, I feel you. But Logan played on the same team with Josh, so Josh oh. knows him very well. Cool. And 
and I have to, I have to give my plug to the Wyoming kids. Um, But, but yeah, you know, I would love to see the bills run the ball effectively. If they can run the ball effectively, everything else will fall into place. I think they put a spy on Josh like uh, Miami did. Miami spied Josh the whole game. Yeah, well, Josh knows what to do when, you know, when he has a spy, he can sometimes wiggle his way out and then there's trouble. So it's a high risk, high reward strategy, but we'll see. No, for sure. No, we definitely will. Yeah. But I I totally think this game is going to be won in the trenches because we need our front four to get some pressure. I mean, I don't think they should blitz because, listen, boy, Joe, Joe Burrow, is there all fast quickly? So I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what difference there is in how they come out versus how they did in the beginning of the game that started before Damar went down. It's gonna be very interesting to see. And you know, there there may be a difference in strategy. Um based on the fact that they're playing in Buffalo too, you know, who knows? Right. Uh, but the Ravens played them well though. Yes. And again, you know, that game, you know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of talk about yeah. the bills being, um, they didn't play up to par against Miami. They only won by three points. Well, the you know the, the Bengals didn't have a bang up game against the Ravens either, so you know. Uh, yeah, so we're coming to this game where both the teams didn't play well. So, exactly. I mean, well, Cincinnati's won nine games straight, and the Bills have won eight games straight. So right. Some, somebody's going to have to lose. Yeah, I, I, hope I, I vote for Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're pulling for Cincinnati, the Bengals for sure, for sure. Um, my throat is on fire. Yes, we should be done. You got any more? Nope. Any more? Okay. Go Bills. <coughs> Go Bills. I enjoy this so much. Yes. And I hope that we can do this again soon, like next week with a W. Oh, my God, Robin. It, when we get this W, it's done. We're, we're Super Bowl bound. I feel good about it. This is a hump we have to get over, though, and mentally as well as, you know, physically on the field. So we'll see. We definitely will see. wish everybody a really good weekend, and I hope you get well soon. Thank you so much, because this is crazy. I can't stand. You know, I know. Yeah, whatever. My voice is gone. And I got another podcast to do after this. So, yeah, it's going to be. Save your, save your voice. I'm about to drink some tea. <laughs> Thank Good. you. Love this you. Is, love you, too. This is episode seven of Tea Time with Robin. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'm going to go, go rest my voice. Go Bills. Yeah. Peace, y'all.